For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, did you know that Arco Gas optimizes your fuel economy? The proof is in the pudding. I love pudding. Such a tasty throwback dessert. No, no. The proof is that Arco Gas optimizes fuel economy by removing and preventing engine deposits. The pudding's just a metaphor. Wait, where'd you get that pudding? Doesn't matter. What matters is that I find the proof. Um, what mm. flavor is that? It tastes like proof and tapioca. Arco optimizes your fuel economy. Requires continuous use depending on what you drive and how you drive. Optimizes your engine's performance from the harmful effects of deposits caused by minimum detergent fuels. When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And at Wiener Schnitzel, when life gives you sweet watermelons, delicious wild berries, and refreshing coconuts, you make three thirst-quenching ice-cold southern lemonades in flavors that you can't resist. And when life gives you crispy bacon, grilled onions, and savory sauces from Texas, Kansas City, and Carolina, you make tasty barbecue dogs. So this summer, when life gives you cravings for deliciousness, head on over to Wiener Schnitzel and try our Tastes of Summer with barbecue dogs and southern lemonades today. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Alright, thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or YouTube. We greatly appreciate it. My co-host Tyler Steggy in the house. Tyler, we got some exciting news actually. Some really uh I mean odd news because when you hit me up with this, I was like, oh no, I'm not doing that episode. But I will definitely be there because we are having from WIP Joe Gilo on the show to discuss with us Carson Wentz, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, and his takes on the Eagles. We're going to debate him right here on Eagles Brawl. I have some questions for him and his takes. I know Tyler does. Tyler, how excited are you to have Joe on the show? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, I didn't think it would happen either. Uh, I just sent a DM um, because he released a uh, he released a uh, a take on Wentz. Um, Quite the take. <laughs> it was. Quite the uh, take on Wentz. Yeah, and and it'll all be discussed. I do want to 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 just settle something real quick because there's been a lot of people. I mean, yeah, we're we're excited to have him on, but I mean, there is going to be respect on this. You know, it's not just going to be, you know bashing or you know shitting on each other um we keep it honest we keep it real here but like you know this is a an adult we are adults this is you know (laughs) we got to keep it real so 
it's not gonna be Adam Cole, Pat McAfee type thing. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna throw things at him. We're not gonna ready to scream at him. We're not gonna yell at him. We're gonna be respectful. This is a podcast. This is a a platform where we all have discussions and open discussions. But with that being said, I have never agreed with anything Joe has said. I have never agreed with any article he's written. His takes have been awful. So I have to finally get to the bottom of why he feels these certain ways. We have to figure it out. And I have to question it with my facts and my opinions. Because for him to cite the NFL Top 100 for a reasoning of not being on there for a make-or-break season for Carson Wentz is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. So from out, like, let's just take the Eagles fan hat off our heads real quick. Let's just from the because I'm looking from a complete outside perspective looking in. If you're looking at the Eagles, uh, not an Eagles fan, you're not investing in the team at all. You probably watch them once a year, maybe twice if you're lucky. And you see that Carson Wentz always gets hurt because that's what natural perception of him is from outside the Eagles fan base is that he always gets hurt. And you see what happened in the playoffs. Clowney takes him out of the game. He doesn't even. I mean, he gets trolled all the time for not having, for Derrick Henry having more playoff touchdowns than uh, Carson Wentz. But just think from think about what everybody else sees about the Eagles. They go into this draft and they draft a quarterback in the second round after Carson Wentz gets hurt again, doesn't finish the season for the Eagles. If you're an outside fan and you're looking at the Eagles, you're probably thinking, because I, I, I don't know about you, Tyler, especially since you're out of California, but I have so many friends that aren't Eagles fans that actually think that this is this, this Jalen Hurts move is an indication of Carson Wentz's future. That's, that's what the general football fan thinks. That's what Eagles fans don't struggle to understand because we know that's not the case. Like We know how this team operates. I've been a fan of this team since 99. You've been a fan for this team forever. They always have a backup quarterback in place that we all know. Whether it's Jeff Garcia, whether it's Michael Vick, whether it's Nick Foles, they always AJ Feely. I can I can continue. I can go on forever. This team always values that backup quarterback position. They'll get the big game guys. They'll get the Vince Young in the building to back up Vick. They're they're not worried about what any what national perception is about what, how they view the backup quarterback position because throughout the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, especially the last two decades the backup quarterback has come in and played meaningful games so this the way that this franchise looks at the quarterback position would be a little too complex for the general fan to understand and i'm just gonna tell the truth that's just that's just me being honest i'm not saying that every team like if you're a raiders fan and you look at the eagles and you think this way that hurt's gonna take once his job that you're an idiot i just don't think you know i don't think you're really fully understand how much this team truly values the back of quarterback position. And my takeaway for reading Joe's article, and I'm going to say this to him as well, I don't think he takes that into consideration. I don't think he thinks that way. He, for what I gathered, what he implied, is he pretty much thinks Jalen Hurts is going to come in and take Carson Wentz's job in a year or two. That's what he must think. And that's that's where I'm saying that's the disconnect from Joe, from the Eagles, is because he's never really been a fan or invested in this team to realize, Hey, you know, this team always takes care of the quarterback position and they will load it up. They will invest a ton of money in that quarterback position. They'll, they'll get the great backup that they think they need to get. 
They pay guys. They this team gave Jace Channel a huge contract because he was a reliable backup. Hey, they guy. take this they take this quarterback position way the backup quarterback position so seriously. And I think if you don't understand that about the Eagles, there's the disconnect. I just I thank you for that opening. That was good. Yeah, there was that's about three and a half minutes of this pent up aggression. <laughs> um Because I just I, I hear all this talk on Twitter and I don't want to like toot my own horn or anything because I don't think this is that many followers just compared to like other football. But beat me. you you have six thousand something followers. I have like seven thousand something followers. Not all of that's Eagles fans. Like we're gonna see all NFL talk. I mean, I wrote for fan side for NFL. I, I I talk NFL. I had an NFL podcast. I understand the whole entire league, so I see other fans of what they say, and it's clear as day to me that they don't have the perception of the team. Like somebody who's a fan for years invested the team has because we, I mean, am I wrong? I just named a million backup quarterbacks that they brought in that are famous, that are well-known quarterbacks that started at some points in their careers. This team values it so much that they go into the second round and get one. And again, like in previous episodes, it's not like you and I agree with that move. It's not like we're loving them taking a quarterback in round two, but at the end of the day, now that we had time to sleep on it, now that we had time to digest it, we're not that surprised anymore because that's how much they value the backup quarterback position. Would I and, rather have a Denzel Mims and Jalen Rager? Absolutely. Yes. But, I mean. Absolutely. That would have been great. You just you just laid out a, a, a ton of things that I went on to go back on. Yeah, I mean, outside of the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round, again, this wasn't a top 10 pick. This wasn't a top 20 pick. This wasn't a first round pick. This is somebody that they valued. They, he dropped in the draw, or didn't necessarily drop, but I didn't think that they anticipated him being there. And they were like, hey, this is a guy that we really like. We value this position. It made sense. And that was it. But other than that, like you said, there hasn't been any moves that have indicated that they do not. They don't have all their chips in Carson Wentz basket. It's, it's, it's in first off the, the, the contract. It just gave him $128 million last year. Uh, and then, the the weapons. It's not as if they're just ignoring Carson Wentz. They're trying to address what has been an issue in 2018 and 2019. They're trying to get speed. They're trying to get weapons for him. They traded for, or I mean, they signed Alshon even after his rookie year. They don't want to do that again. So it's not as if there's any doubts. It's this isn't this isn't something. That, it's just that, and people are going just off that. And also to the California thing. My God, yes, there's a lot of ignorant uh, fans out here that just. Oh, like they don't even California fandom is East Coast is you guys are so much more blessed when it comes to to knowledge and um, the average fan um, because California there there's it's bad man it, I mean just look at like the the Chargers they can't uh, even... bro, there, I mean there's some Eagles fans that aren't even that smart to be honest with you and I, I, I hate to throw no, them no, under I the bus but I mean like it's everywhere like. It, I'm sure you deal with it more because there's probably way less of an Eagles fan base out there in Florida. There's a ton of an Eagles fan base. Cause if you retire, if you live in Pennsylvania or up around the East coast, up North and the East coast and you retire, you're moving to Florida. So there's a ton of uh, Eagles fans down here, but uh, to your, I mean, there's, there's some fans that still think they should have kept Nick Foles. So yeah. it's exactly. I mean, people still, I mean, and that's a thing here too, you know, like, Oh you, where where is Foles playing nowadays? Like, okay, that just let me know. I'm just not going to talk to you. We should we should just not. Right. I want to expand on one of your points real quick, and I'll let you go on. 
if and I'm just gonna say this right now, and this is the absolute truth, whether you believe it or not, because up until the like last year, he played fully healthy. If the Eagles had any questions, any questions about Carson Wentz long term, they would have went the Dak Prescott route with Carson Wentz rather than give him the extension. Because mind you, he didn't get this extension this offseason. He got it last offseason. So the Eagles extended him after a gruesome ACL injury and then a season where he couldn't even finish because of his back. So if they had any questions about him long term, those would have been the times to kept those questions and do the Dak Prescott process. Whereas if you don't really, if you're not sure about Carson Wentz long term, you could franchise tag him. You only take it's only a year. It's and only they a year. And they weren't they weren't even close to being forced. So I don't know if people Dak had a four year contract because he was a third round pick or fourth round pick. Carson had a five year contract. There's that option. Right. The Eagles so, never hesitated to extend him. Right. So they technically did it two years before. That is like them. You, you can't be more invested no. in a in a prospect or a player. Exactly. There's no slight hesitation in doing that where they could have been. Yeah. And I wouldn't even blame them because right. of the injuries. So to say that they're not that invested in Carson Wentz anymore because they drafted Jalen Hurts is wrong. That's not the truth. They, because they could have they could have done this. They could have kept. They could have. They they would have had one year because, like you just said, Dak Prescott had a four year contract. Carson Wentz would still have the fifth year option right now if they decided to do so uh, to keep him on. You have to tag him exactly. So they could have went this whole Dak Prescott process, which with way le- way cheaper, way less drama because it's a fifth year option. There's nothing Wentz could do about it, and then they also have their franchise tag in their pocket. Thank God. If they, they didn't did. believe it, if they weren't as invested in him. But instead, he's coming off those two injuries. Honestly, the last performance you saw him was was against the Saints where he was awful. He was awful that game. And they they didn't have any hiccup in giving him that extension. So to say that the Eagles are break-a-break year for Wentz with the Eagles, that's just not true. It's just not true. I'm sorry. And I, I just fully out explain it to you why. The Eagles are clearly invested in the back of quarterback position to the point of taking one in the second round, we shouldn't be surprised because I named all the very famous, well-known backups that they've had who had succeeded in Philadelphia with the Eagles. They don't sign Carson Wentz to that extension. Nothing was pushing them to do that. Harry Roseman had nothing but time on his side. But why waste time if you're already invested in the quarterback you have? If you know, hey, when we get Carson Wentz's contract, we're at least stuck with this deal for three years. We're stuck with Carson Wentz for three years. Do we want to go through 2019, 2020, 2021 with Carson Wentz for sure? And that's when they decided, yes. So it is not a make or break year for Carson Wentz. I don't know why Joe thinks that. And and to the – this is kind of a super sidebar, but to the from the team's perspective, it was just a, a really smart deal as well. You're ahead of the market. You didn't have to get behind Patrick Mahomes, who just got paid ridiculous amounts. Right, the Eagles. Right, it was was just a make sense deal for everything. It made sense, and I'm I'm happy. Too because he's coming off two serious injuries, he might not get that offer again if he gets hurt again. So, I and 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 he'll be the 16th paid uh, highest paid quarterback. So whatever. But look, I'm not saying his contract like negotiations were 
going to be a, along the lines of Dak Prescott's what they are now. But I'm saying if you had the fifth year option in your back pocket for that 2021 season, I mean, excuse me, that 2020 season, and you're not sure about Carson Wentz coming off that 2018 season, just play the process then. Right. You had nothing but time. But the, but that's not how the Eagles felt. That's not how Jeffrey Leary felt. That's not how Doug Peterson felt. That's not how Harry Roseman felt. They decided that, hey, we're investing in Carson Wentz. He's our quarterback no matter what. At least, I mean, I think they're even, I think that's hard to get out of that deal and even in the fourth year. So at least for four years, you have to be tied to this guy. And they were completely fine with that. There was no hesitation in anybody's mind to do that. So drafting Jalen Hurts at the pick 53 when your quarterback does have durability concerns, it doesn't scream to me that, that that's a make or break year for Carson Wentz, that Jalen Hurts could potentially come in and take his job. But, I mean, that's just my take on it. I'm sure many Eagles fans will agree. Uh, this is uh, this is four months removed from the draft because if you asked me four months ago, I would have fucked the pick. Fuck the pick. But, no, it, it does, man. I mean, sleep, time. Um what helped was I love Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts coming yeah. out. He was yeah. my quarterback three, to be honest with you. I was very high on Jalen Hurts, but I do. I want to. I want to get a, a a combo with with Johnny because I didn't know or I haven't seen that he's expressed that he because uh, you mentioned that he doesn't think um, Hurts is going to pan out or he think. He, did I hear he you? Doesn't think he doesn't think he fits the offense. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't think he fits the offense, but I don't think he does either. So oh, that's like, why I, I think I. I think there's a lot of West Coast in him. I don't. No, there's West Coast concepts in him, but I don't think he could run a whole West Coast system with the way uh, his mechanics are just not there yet. I think he could run a complete RPO type system and do masterfully. They made it really easy with Nick Foles. I think he can run exactly. Doug years. Peterson ran that system be- uh, better than Chip Kelly did, so I, I I'm not worried about that at all. If that has to happen, then I think they could still win for sure. But let's not get carried away because that is going to be one of the episodes that we are doing. Yeah. We are going to do a Jalen Hurts uh, film review and uh, decide between the three of us. What kind, of, what kind of caliber quarterback we think. We're going to get some film people on for that, too. So it's not just going to be us three. It's going to be like a whole uh, mix well, of a little round, round table, table discussion. Yeah, a little yeah. round table of like what kind of, what kind of caliber quarterback we think Joe Hearns is. But, uh, Tyler, let's, let's, let's segue into something else now because we really – yeah, that was a lot of passion right there for almost 15 minutes. I love it. Uh, let's get into this top 100 bullshit because uh, yeah. I, I want to go quick with this real quick because, again – I haven't taken these lists serious of, for about four years now. Of things on the list, like give me the first thing that pops in your mind that's like just like the right, biggest. We're, like, we're going to leave the Carson Wentz thing for last. That's yeah. the longest discussion. But to tell me, to look me dead in the face, to look me dead in the face and tell me that Jalen Smith, uh, Chris Carson, Buda Baker are better than Brandon Brooks? Wait, Jalen Smith made the list. Jalen Smith made the list over Levante David. I didn't so, I mean, even he's, know. He's, than, he's higher than Levante David. I, that's Cowboys so dumb. Linebacker made the list, dude. He was so bad last year. Actually, yeah, yeah. So I'm about to say I like Jalen Smith, but I think he had a very down year last year. Oh but my I, god, he's a player. I don't think he deserved to be where. Uh, I need to re- He's at 88. So Darius Slay at 92, and then they have. I think they have uh, Amari Cooper at 45, which is insane because Amari Cooper – where is Amari Cooper? Am I wrong on that? No, Amari Cooper was at 49. Sorry, 49, not 45. Amari Cooper had four catches for 42 yards on Darius Slay when they matched up. So every time they matched up so far, I think it was two meetings. He's had four catches for 42 yards. 
and there's about almost a 50 spot difference between the two on the list. It, it, Jason Kelsey, 94? Jason Kelsey is 94 on this list. Arguably um, the best center in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's between him and Rodney Hudson. But that, to put – The Jason Kelsey and then you did. You said it earlier, fucking Brandon Brooks. I know we're Eagles fans, man. But, like, me and my brother, were, he's, a, he's a huge cowboy. I don't care about being an Eagles fan for that. No. To generational talent at guard – Especially in a passing league where the offensive line matters so much more than some of these guys that are on this list. Bruno Baker, bro! Bruno Baker is above Brandon Brooks. It's like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm screaming into the mic now. But no, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, just, like, it's an outrage. So yeah, I mean, Junior, I, I'll have to do like a warning. Like, warning when you get <laughs> to the 16-minute mark of the episode, turn your volume down on your car. But Bruno Baker... I don't even think he's all there's, that. I think he's a decent player. I don't think he's a top 100 player. There's so much going on. How did uh, my the biggest one for me was, yeah. was Josh Allen being featured on the list? Um, We're going to get into that in a second. I just want to say one thing though, because you you're you're out there, so you probably have to deal with a lot of Raiders fans. Darren Waller carried the Raiders' offense last year. Like carried that offense. That offense is awful. And Derek Carr doesn't even like target down the field that much. And Darren Waller still targeted, like, car- excuse me, carry that offense. And they have him at 99. Chris Carson. Waller, Waller's, a, Waller's uh, I think he's going to emerge as a, a top five tight end this year, if he didn't already. I think yeah. I agree with you with that, because yeah. I, I think Derek Carr holds him back so much, too. So it's not even Derek, like it's Derek just him. A tr- trash. Derek Carr is so bad. Like, Derek Carr is a game-managing type quarterback that you can win in if your starting quarterback goes down and you want to put him in and be safe. That's why I think Derek Carr does he's best. The old, I don't know. He's, he's the he quarterback to, that throws it away on fourth down. Talk about a guy who needs a change of scenery, though, because him and you can just tell John Gruden hates him. But back to the list. Uh, Darius Slay's too low. Zach Hurts. I mean, yeah. how many? I mean, I don't want to make another episode like it's, cry about Zach Ertz because that's why we made the episode. It's bullshit. I know, but like to put a top three tight end because only three tight ends made this list, which you could understand. It was Ertz, Richard uh, Sherman, at twenty-eight is bonkers. I mean, I know he had a good year, but again, he is not. No, it's all too high. He's not a top. He's not a top thirty player anymore. Drew Brees um, at twelve. Yeah, um, definitely not top. Not not a top twenty player anymore. And, Absolutely and not. We, we need is... to stop putting fucking disrespect on Julio Jones's name. My God, there's no receiver <laughs> in football, man, better than him. Michael Thomas being at five is Michael Thomas. Dude, dude. Oh my God, don't don't get me with this Michael Thomas stuff. So I've been, I'm a big. A lot of people are gonna be like, you guys are crazy, but I I don't think Michael Thomas is a top five wide receiver. You know what's a cool I... ranking for you? Dalvin Cook hmm. at twenty one. That's a cool one. I know you 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 fuck with uh, Dalvin. I, I love Dalvin Cook, but that, he's not a top twenty player. He's not a top twenty five yeah, player. Yeah, terrible. But <laughs> this whole list is awful. But to, to my point about Michael Thomas, he's basically a tight end. He basically plays a tight end role in that Saints offense. There's all slants, intermediate stuff, nothing downfield. Because I mean, I don't want to sit here and say it's Michael Thomas's fault. It's really Drew Brees' arms just completely falling off a cliff. But it's not like Michael Thomas does much downfield anyways. That's what they had to bring in Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they needed more separation from guys. Volume um, does not mean he's a, yeah. when you're When you're usually a high-volume guy of Michael Thomas's like, volume, it, 
your tight end usually. So that's um, that's why when I said that episode about Zach Ertz, and I don't know if anybody else agreed with me because all I heard was you saying that was a good, that was a good one. But I, I I think Michael Thomas is the Zach Ertz of the Saints offense. Yeah, it's. But I, that they, when I think, you're evaluating a receiver, like think about what Deshaun does for an offense like the Eagles. Take the box score out of it, please. Yeah. If you're evaluating a wide receiver, take the box score out of it. That's all I ask. Well, yeah, of course. It's, it's <laughs> there's too many. It's just too much context to add to some of these box scores because, like Michael Thomas, is in the Saints Sean Payton high octane <laughs> passing offense. That thrives on like because now even Kyle Shanahan's kind of implementing like the, I to me Kyle Shanahan is the mini Sean Payton. He's implementing all this yak stuff, all this short uh, intermediate stuff Mr. that Rex is supposed to yeah. make uh, yards after catch, and it works. They both do it well. That's why I think you can see like Michael Thomas on the on the Saints have crazy numbers because of that type of offense that they run. There's about five to. Seven receivers that can probably step. I'm in. a huge Mike Evans guy. I'm a huge Odell Beckham guy. I oh, they're both better receivers. Absolutely, talent, yeah. talent for talent wise, absolutely no doubt. Mike Evans is a top three wide receiver to me, yeah. in my opinion. But and Odell is at that caliber too. It's just Baker was that bad last year. Jameis was that bad the whole entire Mike Evans career. I don't care what the box score says. There were so many missed opportunities. I live in Florida. I see so many Tampa games when I don't even want to. Like it, it's really was all Jameis. I'm, I'm interested to see if Mike Evans performs along the same lines as Randy. Now I don't want to say it because I don't think Tom Brady's that in his prime anymore. But it would be interesting to see if he performs along the same lines of like one of Gronkowski's top seasons with Tom Brady now because now he has the accuracy he always needed. He's like 27. I, I think God. I think God last year. I think Godwin will be the receiver. That's a, and I think Evans is better. I'm it's not possible the too. Because, no, I, I, I. That's also possible because Tom Brady targets the where slot. So that's, yeah, where that's he is nice. now. I don't. I think the the Evans fit. I wish it was in two thousand seven with where Brady, yeah. two thousand seven Brady. That would be. But yeah, I just don't yeah, think. That, it, that would, yeah, that I would be more comfortable with that saying that he would replicate a Randy Moss type season. Yeah, uh, with Brady, but the O line yeah, in Tampa is going to be huge. Brady can't get to, he gets that. Do you think Zach Martin's better than uh, Brandon Brooks? Like. Without so, bias, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, what? How? How big is the gap? It's Isn't a big it difference. Martin, it's like a big gap. Or forty or something. It's ninety-nine to fifty-five. Fifty-five. That's yeah. a huge gap. I think they're on the same caliber of player. It's yeah, hard to no, pick for it, me to it, pick it, one. I think Zach Martin, and then Quentin Nelson. I think they're all tier one. I think those guys. All, are yes, one. they're all they're they're, they're all, yes they're all tier one for sure. But Quentin Nelson's really high on this list. He's twenty-nine. Yeah. Me, my brother's a Cowboys fan. He asked me that question like a week before this this list came out. He was like, "Who's the best guard in the league?" And I was like, "Shit, I think Brandon Brooks." But and here's then, where you here's where you could have put Brandon Brooks because you see, like, in if you're gonna say Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson, I'm not gonna argue if you think those two are better. Honestly, I'm just not gonna argue with you on that. But agreed. Logan Ryan is not a better caliber player Dude, than Brandon no, Brooks. That's incredibly disrespectful. So Logan you could switch. Ryan. You could switch Logan Ryan at 60 and put Brandon Brooks there, and I think you would have more or less of an argument from Eagles fans. When you're talking about tight ends, I think Mark. 28 or where Kelsey is – Travis Kelsey was at 18. So you went from the third – because this list is saying the players think that Zach Ertz is the third best tight end in the NFL, which I think he's the second. But 
you're telling me 85 to 18, and then I think Kittle was – Kittle was like seven or nine or – he was in the top ten, I think. He was seven. Yeah. So you think Kittle, Kelsey, and then there's a huge drop-off to the third best tight end like that? That's – Can I just get something off real quick? It's it's on my chest and it, it's bothering me. Zach Ertz. It's not even about owns it. The, owns the NFL record in receptions of the season, and they're telling me that's that much of a drop off from I, Kelsey. And I appreciate and I appreciate you just just going in on the Ertz thing because that's it's needed. Uh, he doesn't get nearly, and this is why we have the, that segment. He doesn't get nearly enough respect. His his blocking is not far off from Travis Kelsey, and his receiving is better. So let's let's have that discussion, but. The receivers again. Again, DeAndre Hopkins is listed above Julio Jones. One thing that should go into everybody's receiver evaluations is speed and what it can bring to an offense. And Julio Jones, what makes him an absolute freak is he's like a 4-4 receiver and he's 6'3", 220. And he's a great route runner. Like, Michael Thomas can't stretch the field. And that is a huge deal. That is why I would take a guy like Tyreek Hill over him because it demands, you almost demand two guys at the same, you have to have a safety over the top and you have to have a corner. You can't just put one guy. I think DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver, but I also don't think he is an elite vertical threat like a Julio Jones. So they, there's this conversation every single year, who's the best receiver? It's Julio fucking Jones. And, and until something changes, it, he's he, he's in his own tier. Yeah, it is Julio. When the only Antonio thing that bothers Brown, me about Julio, it, it's the end. It's the ends or the uh, touchdowns. But I, I I have a theory with that too. But, I think I think Matt Ryan yeah, plays just, into that. Yeah, Matt, no, Matt, he did. No, he definitely does. He's Matt he's Ryan can't, accurate in the in the red zone. I think I've always accurate, said that. But also, he can't extend a play. In, yeah, what, no. Extending a play goes a huge huge way in in touchdowns but, in the red zone. It does. It does also. I mean, yes, you're right. Matt Ryan does fully plays into it. Absolutely. But Julio also, I think there's some situations where he plays a little bit down to his physical competition in the red zone where it pisses me off. But he is the best wide receiver. And like I said in that Ertz episode, there's always a flaw in every player. There's not right. there's there's no such thing as the perfect player. Like that's not that's not how the NFL works. Every player has to have some certain t- type of weakness. If there wasn't a player with any type of weakness, if Pat Mahomes didn't have a single weakness at all, then the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl every year. Cuz one little one of these players always makes one little mistake no matter what. Am I right? You're very right. Sorry, I'm taking a picture of you because you're just like lean back with this feet up. This is amazing. Wrong show, man. I, I am really chill because I really have to relax. I have to relax for this uh, this Carson Wentz because we're, let's just get into it now. The fucking put to look, Javini Cloudy at 41 is probably where I would have put Carson Wentz because Javini Cloudy was not Cloudy good. Last becoming year. one of the most overrated uh, he's been overrated. He's I mean, not, yeah, he's been like, having he's really he's, up there. Because he's overrated because of what people make him out to be, though. Because he's a complete – he, he's a complete – he's a complete – oh, yeah, he was a beast at South Carolina. But, yeah, a lot of people are still stuck at that. But he's a complete defensive end where he can stop the run. I think he's way better against the run than he is a pass rusher. He's very similar to Brandon Graham. Very, very. Absolutely. That's a great – that's a great comparison, actually. But – and we'll get into that because we have some mailback questions. And somebody asked about Clowney. 
Oh, then we need to get into Carson's or Clowney. That's what I'm. That's what that's what I'm getting right now. I would play Carson Wentz at 41 on this list. Just, uh, I mean, I think he should be a little bit higher than that, to be honest with you. But if the, the perfect place to substitute him at, if because if you're going off a of last season, Claudio was not good in Seattle, dude. <laughs> he he was not that good as people think. Yeah, like three sacks again. He was double teamed like crazy because he was the only good player on that defensive line outside of Gerard Reed. But he's a good player. He's not a great player. Yeah, exactly. But it is. So I would put because you can't tell me Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz when he had less yards, same amount of passing touchdowns, and six more interceptions last year. That's ludicrous. Uh, and you can't tell me that freaking Ryan Tannehill. Look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a Ryan Tannehill hater because I know you're going to say that. I, I, I think he was great last year. I think he was exactly what the Titans offense finally needed, and they finally woke up on Marcus Mariota. I thought he had a great year, but he's not hes not a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. That's bullshit. Um, no, I, I don't even mind, though. You can make an argument. I could see if people are like, hey, you know, the Titans were having an average season. Ryan Tannehill came in, saved the season. He won. So the, I can see why he, played, he, he would. played. Yeah, no, he played incredibly well. He deserves to be on this list. Just Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Not above course at once because... It just Dude. comes down to where, where, where is the what's the structure of this list? Because if you're talking wins, it, Carson Wentz made the playoffs, and it, and obviously we know what his surroundings were. Right, but every argument you would make for Ryan Hill. But if it's not wins and it's stats, then why is Josh Allen in it? Because his stats were exactly. terrible. So it's twenty like times. Twenty Carson Wentz had seven more. Pass touchdowns and more yardage he threw, he threw and two less interceptions. Yards. It's twenty twenty, and Josh Allen threw for three thousand yards. Three thousand. Would, would and he had a perder throughout the whole entire season. John Brown, Carson Wentz would kill for John Brown. Oh my gosh! There's this like yeah, he there's so John many one thousand yards last year. Like John Brown played well. John Brown, John Brown played Smokey really Brown well. <laughs> Smokey Brown is tight. He is. Yeah, he got the same Con- contract. Murray, I think, is a great quarterback though. I think he. I think the Cardinals got it right with him. Year. I don't even mind. He did for guys. rookie, especially that offensive line. I'm not. Yeah, I don't mind. Kyler Murray made this. I he should be above Josh Allen. The one guy that should for sure be removed is Jimmy Garoppolo. He was not a top. I mean, I, I just that look, is the, Oh, and Josh Allen. Sorry, Josh Allen is look, my big one. I I think Jimmy Garoppolo played very well last year, considering the fact that that was his first full season as a starter. Uh. Coming off the ACL injury too, like that's not the easiest thing to be one year removed. I I, uh, I have a little bit of resentment towards Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers because of where I live. So I apologize. 
It's all right. I do downplay what, what, what he. No, he's not better than Carson Wentz. He's you know, not a forty-five player in the NFL. Yeah, he's he's a very limited quarterback. No matter what, uh, I I don't still mind him. But if if you're making like a, a, a tier list, I would put Jimmy Garoppolo in like tier four quarterbacks. You know, you know who's you know who's actually underranked on this list is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a fucking year last year, and he yeah, he, he yeah it's just he's at fifty-eight. Uh, Look, and, and, and the thing about Kirk Cousins I heard is, you say it on Twitter. I heard you say it on Twitter. Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, it should not be It should not be when you say Carson Wentz is better than Deshaun. And that's fine. You can think Deshaun is better than Wentz, and I, I'll hear you out. I don't, I don't agree with it. But if somebody says that Carson Wentz is better than Deshaun Watson, it is not some, like, crazy – asinine statement that's like like no this is this is a very ah, i can't believe he didn't make this list it's so like, i've been trying to keep it cool but like this had to, to be, be honest impressive. with you and i know every every eagles fan disagrees with this but like to be honest with you for a talent standpoint deshaun watson and carson Wentz are definitely interchangeable that's not a bad thing they're both really great quarterbacks yes uh there are things I, of Deshaun I would say is better than Watson personally, but from a talent caliber standpoint, from talent for talent, because yes, I know what you're about to say, and I completely agree. Oh. From a talent, from a, just a talent standpoint, though, they are both along the same lines of talented quarterbacks. Agreed. I agree. I one thousand percent agree with that, and I think that's, they why, that's why that opinion never bothers me. If anybody says Deshaun Watson's better than Carson Wentz, fine, I'll listen to it. But if you're telling me that you think. Josh Allen is, then I think you're a dumbass. Like, if you're Brian telling me Tannehill, that you think Brian Tannehill is, Jimmy Garoppolo is, and I'm always the one that I think, I, I, I always, I mean, you do too, we found out when we recorded that episode that we always say, like, you know, that Prescott is good, like, he's not bad, like, he is a good quarterback, but yes, he's not better than Carson Wentz, I'm not, I don't know, I'll die with that, he's not, it's, it's not the truth. Um, and if he was, I think Jerry Jones would have locked him up way before this whole situation happened. But that's well, just Cowboys, me. Cowboys would just be a because bad not only that. Here's what I think about where Cowboys fans argue about this, and I hate to get into this, but I'm sure people are gonna like take what I'm about to say and use it as their comeback towards Cowboys fans. But never ever did Jerry Jones have a problem t- paying Tony Romo. He never once hesitated giving Tony Romo's contract extensions. Not once. And I, I know Cowboys fans are going to say the money's different now, but back then, the money then meant as much as it did now. How many times did Tony Romo get paid? I think he only got like one. Three master. times. Really? He's got, he's got like, uh, it might be two. He's got like two contract extensions. Like right clearly. I know. He started his career as an undrafted free agent, but like once he first established himself as the starting quarterback of the Cowboys, uh, they gave him a contract extension. And then after that, like, Towards like before the 2014 season, they gave him a huge contract extension. Yeah, they did. They so I think there's only two. Yeah. yeah so but my point, because Cowboys fans are, are going to say, "Well, the money is a lot different now," but back then that's not how that was. The cap was no, lower. Than so on. yeah, was, yeah inflation. Yeah. You you hesitate that into consideration. So back then the money did matter as much as it did now, and so, Jerry Jones never hesitated once to pay Tony Romo. It was there was pretty much the same thing with how the Eagles were paying Carson once. They didn't wait. They didn't. They didn't cause a huge issue. Tony Romo didn't hold out. There was no franchise tag with Tony Romo. They paid him. So that's the same owner, guys. I'm just saying. 
the, if, the, it, the biggest thing when it comes to quarterbacks is it's just the fucking eye test, and that sucks because it's it is. Like, it really is because you, you really can't go on stats for this crap. It's, There's it's, too much there's context. Too much. There's too much context, and you hear that, and it's annoying. But like, it really is. Every position is. There's no more position that requires more context than quarterback. And absolutely, like, what, what receivers, what coach, uh, O line, like time. That, it gets so lost on Twitter that football's a team sport. I played it. Not the quarterback doesn't make the team run. The quarterback doesn't make the whole entire team. To, to, this quarterback wins and losses stat needs to go in the fucking garbage. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, that's, that's not that's be. not how a team works. It's twenty two players contributing at all times on the football field, and then the kicker and the punter also matter too. Everybody matter. Even the backups matter. Like, like just 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 to say like. Well, you know, Carson Wentz has zero playoff wins. The or he hasn't had a, a great yeah, record. He has one, bro. Right, but and then to say like, oh, well, you I mean the Eagles were nine and seven last year? Carson Wentz can't be that great because of that. Like that's what people base opinions on. I'm like, you're an idiot. That's not how football works. Like that, that's not. It's not how it works at all. It's every. It's a team sport. So that's why I always hate the quarterback wins and losses. Because I'm just like, if I ever bring that up, I'm always just trolling. Like, it's right. always just a troll because I'm like, this is stupid. Like, it's a team sport. I played it. You played it. It doesn't even matter even what level you played it at. You can play a Pop Warner. Like, you know that it's a whole team effort. There's not just one guy. The quarterback can play as well as he wants to, but if the wide receivers aren't catching it, the running backs aren't going, the defense isn't stopping the team from scoring, shit's going to hit the wall. It doesn't matter how well the quarterback plays. You can only Carson have- Wentz can't throw the ball up in the air and then run down the field and catch it at the same time. Like, that's you know- not how football works. Right. You can only have so much of an impact on the game. That's why I think ba- basketball, you, know, it, you you should almost think basketball players should, should be considered, uh, we should value their win total more when it comes to that. Because you only, there's only five players on the field. There's 22. The only, only, the only time people worry about that is when it's the LeBron and Jordan debate. Yeah. That's the only time that, like people get all in know about that. But let's get into the mailbag. Let's do it. Let's do, let's do it. it. All right. So Max on Facebook from Pottstown has a question for us. And I, I made this the first one for a reason because I think it's going to be like the most extensive answer because I kind of liked it. He said, do you guys think there's any chance the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts out of fear Carson Wentz could follow Andrew Luck's path? That's, that to me, I was like, whoa, oh, right. I, what a I, question. Because that's, that's I definitely think that's going to gonna become a, a more normal thing. Uh, that just guys are just like, well, especially real- now with COVID, because I mean, with all, we don't even know what the long term effects of having it is. Yeah, it, and it, the people on the team are testing positive. With the Carson Wentz has to be subjected to them no matter what, and has a newborn baby. And brought take that out of even the equation because I think you're right. I think it's going to be a more normal thing now. It's going to be the new norm of guys retiring early and stuff like that. But he has. Almost the same injury history as Andrew Luck. Like, if you take this back to his college days at North Dakota State, he got banged up there a couple times as well, too. And then NFL, it's 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 been about three times he's been seriously hurt. Maybe four if you want to count the concussion, which I think it's really just like a a weak thing, but it's still a head injury. The one thing though, Carson's just a gamer. I think that he would just. I don't think I don't. Here's the thing about competitive nature. Like, like because I don't know. I don't think he would do it, yeah, honestly, I either. I don't think he's just too much of a competitor. I think he wants 
to win the Super Bowl for himself. Especially if he starts but, to like you, really, really have as much success as we think he can have. Like if he right, then you, you know you, you have to keep riding that way. Yeah. He's then obviously not getting hurt and he's having this. Yeah, I I don't think he would be the situation where Andrew Luck felt that he was in ever. I think. Do you think just, Andrew Luck comes back? It could happen. It could. Who knows? There's another conversation me and my brother were having. I think that I think that uh, I think that there's like how crazy would it be if just next year the, the Pats miss out on Lawrence and they're like, hey, oh, Andrew man. Luck is Belichick's guy. <laughs> that, that, I always think about him going back to the Patriots too. That's so why you said that. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if he has. I don't know if he has that in him though. It doesn't sound like he did when he left. Like he did. He didn't sound like he loved the game anymore like he used to. I don't think Carson Wentz is ever in that position where he's not loving the game as much as he does. He That's seems like saying. he loves it he's just, a lot. Yeah. But my thing is, maybe the Eagles did take it into consideration because it's not the Eagles have ties to that Colts organization. Frank Wright took that job expecting Andrew Luck to be the guy, so it's not like. The Eagles are yeah, like completely that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's not like it's co- the Eagles are completely blind to that situation. They're like, hey, you know, our coach is going through this, and now they found out Jacoby Brissett was crap, uh, not the guy that they can lean on. Now they're relying on Philip Rivers at the end of his career to be the guy for them to compete. They're never in. They're never. They're too talented to finish in a position to draft a quarterback high. So are we? Poor Ty. I think T.Y. is yeah. like I, – I don't think he fits Rivers. Think, uh, yeah, I don't think so either. I think yeah. Michael Pittman could have a really big rookie year if he gets that. on the field. I agree with that. All right. Johnny on Facebook from Downingtown. Is it time for the Eagles to call Javadian Clowney and offer him a proven contract to reboot his market? No. 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 Everson Griffin. If no. they if they if they add a defensive end, how much do you think Griffin would cost? What is your max that you would pay him? Well, the Eagles have some some money to work with at least, but I just uh, I, I, I'm getting real I'm getting more nervous because we already knew about I, it. I, I would give him a Chris Long type contract, like what they gave Chris Long to like five and a half, something like that. Yeah, because because okay. his market's not even there right now, so I don't know like how much leverage does Everson Griffin even have. That's my one At thing. Is point, like, I mean, just fourteen or fifteen for Clowney is just too. Rich they need somebody to, if they want to win a Super Bowl. They need somebody to have this Chris Long type role. Uh, I think it may be on the roster though. It might be on the roster. It might be Vinny Curry because Vinny Curry actually performed along the same lines as Chris Long did last year. So or Avery or uh, yeah, it could be. But it, but it, it oh, man, Everson Griffith though. Yes, I do think. I agree with you as far as the fit. It just, just comes down to cost. <clears throat> it does. I just yeah, don't know a, what. And if it what. wasn't if it wasn't cost, it, w- it would happen already. But to answer the question, Johnny, no, we do not think they should bring in Javadian Clowney. I just don't think it's a good fit. I like, yeah. I, it's not like we think Javadian Clowney's a bad player, but we just compare him to Brandon Graham. We don't need two Brandon Grahams on the. I, I'm worried the Eagles have a poor man's Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett as is. So, I I would bring in Everson Griffin for the past productivity standpoint and the fact that he's not going to demand to eat all Derek Barnett snaps. He can come in on the third, the key third downs. He can come in. On I hate how downs. much I hate how much I agree with that. Derek Barnett is a poor man, Brandon Graham. That's it's got me sad. I'm sad about that. It is because uh, as a top fifteen player, you should not. I be keep, a poor I man keep hearing his age. I keep hearing his age, and I'm 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 uh. It doesn't matter. I'm hoping it. Yeah, it, no, it, that doesn't that that means little to nothing to me. Uh, 
I think Ritter, I mean, I think Derek Barnett's an average player, and that's fine. It's not a big deal anymore. I'm going to go on his Instagram people, and get hyped. Hopefully he's got workout videos or something I could get excited about. I hope he makes it take a lead. Like you said, we presented a big <laughs> season for him, but I think Javon Hargrave plays a huge impact of the reason why. So, yeah. but Our dad's man. He's – I can't wait to see him next to Fletcher. Absolutely. Man, man, man. All right, so Dylan – at Dylan Papa Pilly on Twitter from Coastal. <laughs> that Dylan Papa Pilly. That's his at on Twitter. So you guys can go give him a follow real quick. Uh, do you guys do you guys think the Eagles have enough weapons on offense or Carson wants to succeed? I don't think they did enough on the offensive side to improve. Ooh, I do. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, Outside of Rager, I don't know what – I because I would have loved for them to bring in Brashad Perryman. I thought that was the move they should have made. Uh, I think Marquis good when they tried. I don't think they yeah. expected it to happen. I'm not going to fault Harry Roseman for COVID. That's thing ridiculous. A little bit. A little bit. Because, I yeah, the longer – the more time after that signing, the more excited I got about it. Because – and I kind of said it and – the more I thought about it, I believed it even more. If Deshaun does get hurt, I thought that Goodwin would have been a perfect replacement that you could just trust out there. But, I mean... I mean, I don't even think Goodwin's that good. I questioned if he was going to be the team in the first place, but then COVID like, really started to pick oh, man, up a little not, bit. And he's I was got like, a lot of juice, dude. He's got no, a he's, lot of juice. I, I don't... I, I think he's a little bit more polished in the right one season with the 49ers and CJ Bet. Uh, Beaterhard or whatever his last name is. Bethard, yeah. <laughs> Bethard. Um, I I don't think he's that good. But I will say, Torrey Smith wasn't, like, amazing in 2017. The speed factor is what matters the most. They need somebody that can stretch the field. And, yes, if Deshaun went down, then, yeah, I could trust Cooper to go in there and be that guy. And I after the pandemic really started to set in, the reality of it was kicking in. I was like, okay, he's making the team for now for sure because these rookies aren't going to be ready. But he opted out of the season – I'm not going to blame Harry Risen for that. Like, I saw some people on Twitter doing it, which I thought was ridiculous. Do uh, so I think they did enough? I think they brought in Jalen Rager, who I think is going to be a long-term option for sure, because I'm, like, completely sold on the guy way before the Eagles drafted him, way before this draft. I was all in on Jalen Rager. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think they did enough. They, they finally found their long-term playmaker. I thought they could have brought in Brashard Perryman. I think they should have attacked – the free agent wide receiver a little bit more, even in addition to Goodwin, just because uh, their depth chart is that poor. They can't. They know they can't rely on Alshon Jeffrey. If they're at best, they get him back in December, and if they do get him back, what is he at this point? A shell, a I complete mean, I think shell of his former self. A mixture of you're getting you you're getting Deshaun back. You get Jalen. Which I mean, that's and, the the, first and, they're, and they're relying on DJ Arcega Whiteside, which I think. And then to the, be honest, the Goodwin, the isn't Goodwin, that fair. Isn't the Goodwin that thing fair. just happened. So they may go out and go get um Yeah, they uh, can still do more. True. They can, they get, can still uh, they Taylor can still Gabriel. Do more. I don't I don't know what I mean, yeah, we'll see. But I they can still do more. I think they could I think they did semi mm-hmm. enough because they finally got that long term playmaker option of wide receiver. Uh but I I mean I really would have liked for them to bring in Bashad Perryman. We I would love that. Could be having a conversation of man. We need more. We need well, a, a veteran receiver if if there is an injury again. Right. Enough. Watch after this episode, Arius Perryman opts out for the Jets season. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really it's not like we ever know like if these guys are going to play or not. Anyways, so yeah. uh, Chris on Instagram from Westchester asked many, including myself, thought Nigel Bradham will be back on a low salary contract. 
with the Eagles just letting him bounce to New Orleans, are they really content with their linebacking group? Why are they devaluing the position so much? All right, my because we talk about the linebacking position a lot. I never was I I didn't think they were going to bring back Bradham. I don't think he's has it anymore. I to me, if you bring him back, he needs to play the Sam. I don't even think the Eagles are like a team that's considering linebacking have to play a certain position anymore because they play majority dime. I think they really just want one guy that can cover a lot of space, and Najee Bradham at this point of his career cannot do that. So you know the the running narrative for running backs that it's like they're just replaceable, like you can kind of just find them. That's how the Eagles view the linebacker position. They just it, it is. It, it's just kind of just you can rotate, man. We'll find it depends on the necessarily right either. Uh, I think they need a good linebacker, but. I, I, I mean, think I think Jimmy, for certain reasons. kind of like sold me a little bit on Nick Gary, to be honest with you. I, I don't think Nick Gary is that amazing player. I don't think, I don't think he's ever going to be a good linebacker. But Johnny, like the the philosophy and formula that Johnny laid out for him kind of like made me think, you know, like if the Eagles really get this out of him, okay, I, I could be happy. But uh, the way that the NFL is going with linebackers, the Eagles just need a Fred Warner. They just need a Fred Warner type linebacker. And they think they can get that. A day, Gary. Uh, I look back to the because Johnny pointed this out to me. I look back. Linebackers had there a lot of the top linebackers had a ton of missed tackles, and that's what we really killed Nate Gary for. So, you look at it from a coverage perspective. A lot of these linebackers are missing those tackles because they have to cover so much ground, to cover so much space, and that's what the Eagles think Nate Gary could do. So, I, I'm just gonna let them get. I, I don't think they're they did the right approach at linebacker. I don't know if they did enough. Uh, but I'm just going to trust that they think Nate Gary and Davion Taylor can be these guys in this new era of linebacking, and we'll see. Uh, I'm just, not really confident, but they play majority dime, so it's going to be like Wine Lumacker out there anyways, and then Will Parks. With so, how much uh, they emphasize the defensive line, it's it is okay to kind of shy away from it. I mean, yeah, it would be nice to have a Luke Keekley in there. <laughs> <laughs> but with how much they value you, they just don't spend high resources on it. It's just, I, I don't think it's necessarily important. I do think for the times when they are in the, the traditional four, three, um, and they're going against like, you know, opposing two tight end sets. It, Bradham is a good fit against the run for sure. But I mean, as soon as there's a misdirection or, you know, you need a, a linebacker to cover ground. He just was, he just was not good. <laughs> he's 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 got to attack and that's it that's all he really knows how to do so i i just think brad's cooked i think he might be good in new orleans system because they play so many linebackers and kiko alonso just got put on pop so if he could play the sam there he might be all right but uh in the eagle system he's he was cooked he wasn't gonna fit anymore i'm fine with not bringing brandon back all right, Cameron on Facebook from Orlando, Florida. Should the Eagles still bring in a veteran running back, even with LaShawn McCoy going to Tampa now? Uh, I mean, I saw you, you, you're on this Devontae Freeman train. To me, I don't think they need to bring in a veteran running back. I'm always going to say this. I think they're fine with the position that they have now. Uh, give the young guys a chance. Give Corey Clement a chance. But uh, there's also some added advantages of bringing a veteran, which you're going to hit on. So I'll let you take it away. And and that's what I was gonna say is I, I if they don't they decide not to I'm not going in nervous I'm like I'm because right, this isn't something that you could it's just such a interchangeable position and I, I yeah I'm I'm I entirely like okay with, with 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 just rolling with Sanders but um, they bring Freeman then yes it's just more weapons so like 
I just think he's a really good win win. I just yeah, I just think he's a fit. I know that's kind of boring take, but I I uh I, if they do if they leave it cool, if not, yeah, I would like to see a, a Freeman type. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be bad? That's all I running back at this point that I would even say. But Shady never made sense. No, Shady never made no. sense. I don't think he's going to be good in Tampa anyways either. I think they're it was more of a lean on Ronald Jones, teach him your ways type of thing. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, all those guys over there. Because at this point, I mean, Andy Reid, the guy that drafted LeSean, wouldn't even play him in the postseason of the Super Bowl. So I. I don't know what much more he can give you if the coach that drafted him told you he's not even good enough to play anymore. I hope um, Ronald Jones pans out. He's on my my dynasty team. I need nice. him to pan out. I think he'll have a good season this year without without Jameis's turnovers and playing from behind all the time. Just but, comes down to pass protection with Brady. Mm-hmm. Nick on Facebook for King of Prussia. You guys been praising Zachary lately, and I absolutely love it. He's been so underappreciated during his Philly tenure. Now, he did turn down a contract extension during the 2019 season. Should the Eagles be concerned about agreeing to terms or it's considering their 2021 20, cap and needing to pay Goddard soon? That's they, a good question. They definitely should pay uh, Ertz before Kittle gets his. Yeah. Uh, Kittle absolutely. is about to get paid fat, fat. Um, so, so that's if, what I'm trying to think. If I'm wondering if the Eagles are actually working on this right now. Like, I wonder if that's going to be, like, their surprise. Because they usually – it always seems like in training camp they have, like, that one big extension. And to me, I think it's going to be Zach Ertz. Just because I think Kyrie Rosen's already taken the cap into consideration now that this is, like, a, such a lost season. And he's he's looking at – the Eagles have what, like, I think if you look at their top 53 players on the team, they have about 20-something million in cap. I would just sign Zach Ertz now, give him a lot of money guaranteed up front that takes up whatever it has to take up in this cap, and then just make the cap figure, his cap figure in uh, 2021 low as possible, low as you could possibly make it. Yeah, that he I'm, agrees to. I mean, I'm, it just makes it makes a ton of sense. Uh, you just don't take away your quarterback's best weapon. I am curious to see how they handle um, signing Dallas Goddard and what his you pay both. Would. You pay both. No hesitation. Yeah. No hesitation whatsoever. He might get longer years. Like, what do you think his market would be? Nine a year? Big, though. So that's what, that's what I, I – you would have to think uh, it might be more than that. Because if Dallas Goddard was to hit the open market, and I'm sure his agent's telling him this. Yeah, he would he, probably he, make he – probably, He'd probably make Austin Hooper money because of the potential. Because he could definitely be I, – I, I think he's a top 10, top 10 tight end in this league. He would definitely easily be a number one tight end on at least twenty eight teams. Yeah, I twenty five to twenty eight teams. I want that's him to. And then how free agency works? You always the top guy that's on the market at the time always gets overpaid. It doesn't matter. Austin Hooper got way overpaid. I thought, uh, and I know Dallas Goddard doesn't have the production of Austin Hooper, but his potential is obviously there. Every Eagles fan hypes him up. We all think he's an amazing tight end. He is. He's very talented. Every team would look at him the same way. So that's why I'm wondering if if his agent would – I don't know how Dallas Goddard would view how he wants to stay with the Eagles or not if he wants to attack the open market and get paid top dollar because he, he would he would get it. Um, but Is this year four for him or three? No, he was drafted the it's second three. round in 2018, right. so it's three, yeah. Um, so they, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're, they're really they, – it's coming up. Next year, he's on the last year of his deal. So in 2022, he's a free agent. 
Oh, his second round. Oh, his second round pick. Yeah, they traded yeah, down. Or, the Ravens get Lamar, and they traded down and got Goddard. Yeah. Um, I would just sign be- both. You're out. I mean, I know you and I debated about it, but they're not gonna they're not gonna change from the twelve personnel. I think they're still gonna majority stick to the twelve personnel. Yeah, like, it's a huge advantage. You don't draft a guy that early and then just say nah. People are thinking like this whole idea of paying two tight ends is ridiculous. But I'm saying like the two tight ends are pretty much your two. How you how you value two starting wide receivers? Receivers teams pay both. Yes. So what's wrong with paying both the tight ends then? If that's if that's what the situation is. So uh, I pay both, but I think Ertz would probably have less years on his deal than Goddard would though. So you could probably give Ertz like a two year extension on top of whatever years he has now. I think Ertz lower his have. cap figure. I think he only has one year. He might only have one year left on his deal. To be honest with you, maybe two. But regardless, I mean, he. I don't know. I keep both. I don't. I, there's no way that like Zach Ertz go and then just rock out with Goddard and hope to get another tight end because that's just you. 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 You make yourself so much worse on this offense Ertz, doing so. This is Ertz last year. On his deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that extension happens during camp. No, sorry. He has, he has. He has next year. I apologize. All right, but even if you even if you sign him to an extension, then then if you throw even a two year extension, that's a four year deal for them for him then because it includes these two years that are upcoming right now. So that's yeah. perfect. So that's something you could probably see during training camp. Is Zach Ertz agrees to like a two year contract extension? The Eagles give him a bunch of guaranteed money up front. His twenty twenty one cap figure gets lowered, and then he gets backloaded money because that's usually what Howie Roseman likes to do is backload contracts. And then and then you work in Goddard. Because you're gonna have Alshon off the book soon. You're gonna have Deshaun off the book soon. Uh, I would th- I would assume because Jalen Rager is on his rookie contract. I'm assuming if they want to figure out the wide receiver opposite of him long term, if it's not JJ Arcega Whiteside, you would go through the draft and try get drafting one in the first round again. Uh, especially in this 2021 class that's coming out right now, it's it's a good it's a good stack up. Well, it's it's heavily loaded with number one true wide receivers. So you get one of those guys during the first round of that draft. Pair long term Joe, pair long term with Joe Rager, then they're both on rookie deals. You could pay Goddard and Ertz what you're paying them. They take up the wide, the huge wide receiver contracts. Boom, there you go. Perfect way one, of doing that. One Perfect reason way to pay why I was, was okay not drafting another receiver in round two or three was how deep the receiver draft is. This upcoming draft, this draft isn't yeah. going to be nuts again. And, and I want them to go round one or two. As deep as this one was, but it's it's top heavy. As Dude, high, yeah. It's more top heavier than this one was. Yeah. For sure. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Last question. Brandon at Brandon Vidrine on Twitter from Louisiana. Do you guys think Matt Pryor starts any games for the Eagles this season? Also, who's your surprise player on defense that no one is talking about that brings an unexpected impact this season? All right, so Matt Pryor definitely starts games this season, absolutely, for sure. Uh, whether Jason Peters plays the whole season at right guard, he will play the whole season. Uh, I, I I think he will be back to left tackle, but regardless, his injury history, history is real. He misses some snaps during games. Matt Pryor will definitely get some viable playing time, no matter what this year. Uh, absolutely, now that Brandon Brooks is down. Uh, my surprise player on defense would probably be Jannard Avery because I do think he's going to uh, – play some type of role. I think he's going to have that Josh Sweat. Uh, I don't want to say Josh Sweat 2019 season, but 2018 season where you saw the Eagles put him in more. Uh, maybe he has a 2019 type 
snap count impact because, again, they don't really have the defensive end death clear picture there yet. Uh, we don't know if any crazy come back. We don't know if they're going to add anybody else. So I think Jannard Avery could do that because he could also drop back into the coverage. I think the Eagles are going to want to do that a little bit more with him on the field. So I think Jannard Avery will be that guy. I'll probably take your answer though, right? Man, you just you're too good at this. You just you just kind of just answer that all to yourself. I feel bad. I was like, I'm going to try to pick somebody else, but I I can't really think. Cause, it's not really uh, a surprise, but I somebody who I think has a like a real, I guess, role in this defense is like I think Jalen Mills is going to be really, really, really damn good. Um, whether it be at safety or if he slides to cornerback too, um, I, I think he's going to be a really damn solid starter for us. I don't think he's going to be like a rotation. I think he's going to be a starter. And uh, that's a good have, answer. Have a pretty good year. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. That's a good answer. But you, do you think Matt Pryor plays a lot? I mean, I yes. think that's a decent, no, hundred yeah. percent. That one was a thing where I was like, yeah. I mean, I would just repeat you. Yes, he. Yeah, I, I, for funny. every reason, Peters. I just don't. I don't think Peters is going to to stay healthy. I mean, you just can't can't count on him for sixteen games. Right. There's no way. Yeah. Absolutely not. All right. That's it from us. We talked about a ton of stuff. Tune in next week, next Monday. If everything's going on, yeah, everything's going all right. We'll see how the schedules work. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm down for that. Uh, I'll be ready for Sunday with Joe. Uh, but next oh, Monday, we'll, it's going down. It's going all right. It's so next Monday, 100%. we will have that episode out with WIP Joe Gugula joining the show. We will discuss Carson Wentz, his thoughts on how he resumed Doug Peterson. Finally, get to the truth of why he feels these ways. We'll debate him with facts. See how he responds. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode of Student the next Monday. Again, thanks for tuning in today. Got some good information out. Got a, a great mailbag. We appreciate that. Again, you can leave questions for the show on Apple Podcast Reviews. Or oh, hey. Apple- um, Go ahead. I forgot. Go Birds! <laughs> Go Birds. All right. You can add the show at Eagles Brawl on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.